You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. episode number 100, and it's so appropriate that we're kicking off um, a series today. This is our 100th episode, and we're kicking off a three-part series on something that has really become my life passion, and that's helping build great local churches. And and we're going to be talking about over the next three episodes at least, it may even go farther, but at least the next three episodes, the three P's of building a great local church. And you may have heard these before. People, process, and system. And, and this has actually been made famous by a TV show, Marcus Lemoyne, the, the, the awesome TV show, The Prophet. He's the, the business expert that goes in and helps failing businesses. And this is the process, the system that he uses to revive failing businesses. Now, he didn't come up with this, but he really made it famous. But, you know, this same uh, three P approach, people, process, and and product, um, really, really can help a church as well. And if you don't like thinking of it in those terms, we can use three S's, staff, system, and services. It's the same thing, but uh, but we're going to be working through these over the next few episodes, and I think it's really going to help you. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about people or our staff. You know, when we think of a church and we think of people, we think about the people that are in the church, the members. And listen, that's what a church is about. We, we never get away from taking care of the people. But we have to start with the staff. We have to start with the people that make up the leadership team. Because if we get that wrong, then it doesn't matter how many people we have in our church. Um, if we get the staff wrong, if we get the people that lead it wrong, if we don't do that right... We're going to have some serious problems later on. And that's one of the things that, that Marcus Lamont constantly is, is finding in a lot of these businesses that are failing is people are in the wrong positions, the wrong person for the wrong job, and or even the right person for the wrong job. Maybe they just need to be doing another job. But it's helping people find where they fit in. And, you know, everything we do in the church revolves around people. We exist to serve people. And, you know, when we think of the church being the body of Christ, the Apostle Paul talked about how every part is, you know, connected and fit together. But how do we build a team that's going to build a church? Because that's what it boils down to. No one person can build a great church. It only happens because we put the right team in place. And, and you know, you say, well, David, this is awesome, but I'm going to go ahead and turn it off now because I'm not a pastor, I'm not a leader. But, you know, these, are, these principles can be applied in your business just as well. You know, these principles are universal, and they will help you no matter what sphere you're in, whether you're in church leadership, some type of ministry, some type of nonprofit, or even a for-profit business. These principles will help you, so give it a listen. 
So the first thing we're going to talk about is, the, is this first P, which is people, or like we said, staff. Those are interchangeable. And we're going to talk about how to build a great team. You know, the first thing that we need to look for when we're building a great team, it's not talent. You know, that's what we think. We think, oh, I've got to go find the most talented person to bring them to my team. Well, that's good. But honestly, I think the first thing you need to look for is the right chemistry. Are they a good fit with the team? As a leader, do you enjoy working with them? Um, do you enjoy being around them? Are they fun? Now, you say, well, look, you know, work doesn't have to be fun. But you know what? I, I disagree. When you're, when you're spending eight or ten hours a day working with people, I don't know about you, I don't want to work with people that bring me drama. If I want to watch a drama, I'll turn on the TV. I don't want drama at work. And yet I see very often churches, businesses, organizations, staff with people that are on paper very talented, and they may be very talented people, but they're also the kind of person that just brings drama wherever they go. Um, I don't want drama. I don't want drama at work. If that's what you enjoy, great. Just understand that it's going to bleed over into your organization. Um, you, you, can't, you can't get around that. So I look for drama-free work environments. And the way we do that is with chemistry. So let, let's build you know, the right kind of chemistry from the very beginning. You know, One guy says, help them grow or help them go. If you've got somebody on your staff now that all they do is bring drama, help them change or help them leave. Help them grow or help them go. So number one, when you're building a team, when you're putting your team together, when you're building the people that are going to build the church, let's build with great chemistry to start with. Number two, competence. Now this is kind of where talent comes in. Are they competent? Can they do the job? Do they have the basic skills to, be, to, to do the job? And can they be trained? Because, you know, sometimes I'll take a person who has great chemistry if they're willing to work hard. Now, I don't want somebody that just has great chemistry and, and doesn't want to work hard. I want somebody who's fun to be around, but when it gets right down to it, they're willing to work and, and really do what needs to be done. But I'll take somebody who's a little less talented if they have the heart to work hard. And, you know, I always feel that I can train a person to do something. And if I can't train them, somebody else on my team can. So let's... Let's look for competence, but let's also look for the attitude that says, well, you know what? I don't really know how to do this, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to work hard. Now, we've still got two more great keys on building your team, but I want to remind you that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond, 2.0. This is the revised edition of my book on leadership. Uh, I added, I don't know, 10 or 15 new chapters last year, re-released it. It's only available as an ebook. Um, there's a link in the show notes. It is a very practical and helpful book on leadership. And, and I tackle not just leadership, but also tackle personal productivity and, and many other things, time management, goal setting, things that are designed to help you. All the chapters are short, and designed to be immediately actionable. In other words, you can read the chapter, and then I'm going to give you some ideas on how to put it into 
practice right away. So check out Leading Into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. Well, in building a great team, remember in this episode of, of Leading and Learn, we're talking about the three P's of building a great church. And today we're talking about people. And, and we're looking at building a team that's going to build our church. And we've talked about chemistry and how important that is. We've talked about competence. Do they have the skills and can they be trained? And then number three, what about character? I'm always amazed at people that overlook character when they hire somebody because they may be so focused on hiring that talented person or that person who has the great resume or that person who came from a position at another company that was you know, really prestigious. But yet when it gets right down to it, they don't have the character that we're looking for. Can they be trusted? Do they have integrity? You know, it sounds cliche, but I don't want people who just do things right. I want people who do the right thing. You know, this really came, came alive to me when I worked for the police department because I was a supervisor and then I was in mid-level management. And, you know, the thing about a police department is those guys that, that, are, that are working for you as a manager are out working on the road. You may go an entire shift and not see them. You have to be able to trust them. You've got to know that they're people of integrity. And we had some situations where we had officers that were not trustable and did not have integrity and ended up, you know, being disciplined and eventually fired. You know, I think that's human nature. But on the front end, when we're hiring people, let's as much as possible do our research and make sure we're getting people with character. We want people who do the right thing. Do they represent our values? Are they loyal? I've been in organizations where, where people in the leadership team were talking bad about the boss and, and, and talking about you know each other on the, the leadership team. And it's like, how can you work together when you're, you're backbiting? How can you work together when there's not even loyalty to not talk about each other? You know, so can this person be trusted? Is there loyalty? And when I say loyalty, I'm not talking about covering up bad things. I'm just talking about gossip and getting along and treating each other with respect. Um, listen, I've seen mid mid-level managers just bash their boss and talk about how bad their boss is in front of their subordinates. And then they're surprised when their subordinates are heard to be bashing them. Listen, we have to set the example. And so we want to hire people with character. So we've mentioned three C's, chemistry, competence, character. And then the last one for building a great team. Remember, we're talking about building a team that's going to build a great church. And the fourth one is, is communication. How is the person's communication skills? You know, even if they're not... A, a stage communicator. In other words, if we're talking about a church, even if they're not somebody that's going to be on stage preaching or teaching or communicating from the stage, we still want to hire team members that know how to communicate well. Because communication is the lifeblood of any organization. How can you have somebody leading a team who doesn't communicate with that team? We need people who know how to communicate well verbally and in written form. We need people that don't ignore emails when they get it from their subordinate, but they answer it quickly. We need people who know how to put sentences together and communicate in a clear way. 
Because again, communication is the lifeblood of every organization. And it's up and down the chain. You know, if the top leadership is not communicating, it's going to stifle growth in the organization. You know, when I was a manager in the police department and even managing and in, in, in leading and pastoring in the church, my goal is always 100% open communication. Unless there is a reason I don't need to be sharing something, I'm going to share as much as I can with my subordinates because it creates transparency. But what I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen it in your job and ministry situations, is where people hold on to information. Because if I know something and you don't, I have power now. If I hold on to, to, to what's going on, if I hold on to the plans for the future, if I hold on to you know information that, that's been shared with me, which is not a secret, but I make it a secret. And now I'm the one who controls the information. So I have the power. And, you know, this is petty to me. I've never understood this. Um, sure, there's some things that need to be held on to. There's some things that are time sensitive. There's some things that, you know, involve uh, uh, confidentiality, of course. But so many other things can be shared. There's no reason to keep them a secret. And so for, for leaders, when we share these things with our people, it creates transparency it creates trust, and it lets them know that we value them. So chemistry, competence, character, communication. And then the last thing that I want to talk about in, in, in building a great team. Remember, building a great team that's going to build a great church. And this is the fact that leaders are coaches. You know, the others, the fifth C. Are you coaching the other leaders that, that, are, that are working for you. You know, a big part of our job is raising up other leaders. This means training them, encouraging them, motivating them, giving the team a plan, but coaching people so that they can go further in their own career, developing their own gifts, and ultimately going higher in the organization. That's what we want. You know, we've got a, a little catchphrase at our church, in, at C3 Church in Atlanta. It's this, let's work ourselves out of a job. I want to raise other people to do my job, and then I'll find something else to do. There's no lack of work. In the kingdom of God, there's always a job. And so we're constantly telling our leaders, look, we'll take care of you. You raise these other leaders up. You work yourself out of a job. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to feel insecure that this person is going to take your job because there'll always be something else for you to do. If you're that kind of a leader who can raise up other leaders, we're never going to let you go. So work yourself out of a job. So just to recap, chemistry, we want to hire the right chemistry for our team. We don't want drama. We want competence. We want somebody who has the right skills, the right talents, but also somebody that can be trained. Character. Can the person be trusted? Are they loyal? Do they have our values? Communication. Are they good communicators? Communication is the lifeblood of every organization. And then the last thing, they coach. Leaders coach. They raise up other leaders. Listen, I don't want to raise up other followers. I want to raise up more leaders. So the first P for building a great local church is people our staff. How do we take care of them? How do we build a great team? I hope this has been helpful. Next episode, we're going to be talking about the process. So um, 
I encourage you, go to davidspell.com. I'd love to hear from you if this is helpful. If you want some more information, this is going to be what we're doing as we come back to the U.S. from Brazil. We're going to be working with churches. We're going to be coaching pastors and leaders. And if we can help you in this process, let us know. So davidspell.com, leave me a comment in the comments section for today's post. Make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. It'll keep you updated on what we're doing uh, new products that are coming out, new opportunities. And, uh, you know, we want to stay in touch with you. Uh, your, your email address is safe with me. I'll never give it away, but I will stay in touch with you once or twice a month. So sign up to get the newsletter. I know you'll enjoy it. I send out three blog posts a week. Well, friends, until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.